Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? I am love. I am a screaming goat. And I am the god of sexy. Wow, varied intros today. (laughs) Hello, we're coming back at you. Not with a TV show, not with a video game, but with a movie today. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about Thor, Love and Thunder, the fourth installment in the Thor franchise and the, like, 27th or something (laughs) in the MCU. (laughs) Um, but yeah, yeah, we're gonna be chatting about that today. I think we can keep it pretty spoiler-free today. If we if we do decide to talk spoilers, maybe we'll save it for the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do not feel pressured to uh, to click away if you have not yet seen the latest uh, production by Monsieur Waititi. But here we are. I guess um, I think we're all pretty similar in terms of alignment, but. I guess for those listening at home, because there are varying and very different strong opinions about these kinds of movies, let's give everyone a little litmus test for kind of where we fall on the comic book movie spectrum. I'm a huge fan of them, I, or the MCU at least in particular. I feel like the DC movies have generally sucked. I Some of them are fun, but, you know, the MCU when it first came out, I feel like it was very novel. I enjoyed it a lot. Now, of course, there's a ton of them, and they're everywhere, and sure, there are bad things that come with that. But I think they're fun. I still think they're really fun. I think what they pull off with having, like, this huge incredible budget like franchise with interconnecting movies yeah it has issues but it's also unique in like a way that can only happen if it becomes as successful as it does so i enjoy them you know should there be room for multiple movies sure but this is not that kind of debate that we're having today so i think they're fun i enjoy them and i especially really loved uh thor ragnarok so i was excited for this one i purposefully don't watch any trailers especially for mcu movies so i i came in pretty pretty blind as far as thor in particular i find thor one to be pretty boring i actually like dark world more than i like the original thor I wow i like crazy. dark world spicy I was, take granted keep in mind i don't rewatch movies so like how old was i when dark world came out that's probably like fair. 15 that's fair i saw it and i was like oh christopher eccles i didn't even know it was christopher eccleston until the credits were rolling but i was like that was cool <laughs> i had fun so yeah that's that's where I stand on this. I love Marvel movies. I love comic book movies. I, even as a kid, was a fan of DC movies. Even though a lot of people think they suck, I liked them when I was little, so there's that. But I love Thor as a character. I actually love Thor 1. Um, it was one of my favorite Marvel movies for a long time, and I rewatched it many, many times. And I loved Thor Ragnarok. It was my favorite Marvel movie when it came out. So I was very excited for this. And I love the stupid comedy mix that Marvel has started taking. Like, ever since I'd say... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel, in my opinion, that it kind of started with the first Avengers movie. Yeah. Where I, I like in the theater, was laughing my ass off. And I was like, oh my god, this is fucking funny. 
And ever since then, I feel like they really tried to put, like, comedy into it. And I'm a big fan of it. I like it a lot. I know some people might think that, like, too much comedy is, like, stupid. But it is very enjoyable and entertaining to me. So that's that's my two cents on it. Uh, for me, if you couldn't tell by the Batman review, I love comic book movies and superheroes and all that stuff. Big fan of the MCU as well. When it comes to Thor specifically, the MCU actually made me a big fan of that character, kind of starting with Thor Ragnarok, which is my favorite Thor movie. Yeah, so kudos to Taika Waititi for kind of changing up the the tone of Thor. Now he is presented in the MCU. I didn't hate the first Thor. Like, I liked it. It's not the best movie, but I don't think it's as bad as Dark World. But Thor Ragnarok just took a huge leap, and from then on, we've seen Thor sort of come to life in Infinity War and Endgame, and even in this movie, which we'll get into, is is a fun, fun comic book time. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, it, it's there's a lot of different things we can talk about today, particularly the whole comedy thing, but to open the discussion, I think it's a very divisive movie, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen more negative me talk too. around it than I have positive. I was actually kind of afraid to see it after seeing like the negative backlash if I'm being perfectly honest a lot of people were really not happy with it so when I was sitting in the movie theater I was like oh I love Thor like please like let's not have it be bad and then I I fucking loved it so I was like oh okay maybe it's like the harsh fans that were not a fan. yeah I didn't expect like the vitriol towards it too. I isn't it rated lower or at least like similar to Dark World? It's like sixty something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So okay, so I think it's higher still than Dark than Dark World, but not. But it's on like the lower end for sure. But yeah. like I came out of the movie thinking it, it was a fun time. Like I probably put it on Ant Man levels of I just had a good time. I laughed. I enjoyed it. Maybe substance-wise, it's not up there, but like I didn't think it deserved a lot of the the hate that it seemed to get around Twitter, but, you know, <laughs> that's Marvel. No, I agree. I, yeah. No, I, I also agree. Uh, I think it's a fun movie. I definitely, like, I can understand the criticisms in the sense of, like, I can see where there was squandered opportunity, and I can see where, like, maybe... Because of the story of this movie, maybe there was a little too much comedy. But at the end of the day, like, it was fun. It was, like, yes, it dealt with heavy subject matter, but it was still, like, a relatively upbeat movie, right? It, it had... Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's very centered around themes of different kinds of love, and I think they kind of decided to focus that on it. I think it's a lot of fun. Could it have been done better? Absolutely. Sure, I think... I mean... I think the main problem for it, honestly, is not that there's too much comedy, is that it's too much movie to squeeze into the runtime that they Yeah, I noticed that it was pretty short compared to a lot of recent MCU movies, and I really do feel that if it had stretched to, like, a little closer to the three-hour mark that it's been... Because how, how how long was it, babe? It was, it was one, two hours. Yeah, it was two hours. But I felt like the last arc of it was really rushed compared yes. to the rest of the movie. Like, I feel like there was a lot of buildup. And then once we got to that possible resolution, it was resolved, like, super quickly. And I was like, ah, oh, man, if you had given it, like, maybe 20, 30 more minutes, I feel like it could have been a lot more well-rounded in that respect. So, and I, I do know a lot of the comments were about, you know, 
too much comedy, not enough action. Mm -hmm. But I was actually pretty pleased with the action. And as far as to, to not get spoilery, I thought that the graphics for the enemies and monsters that Thor is up against were really entertaining, super creepy in like an entertaining way. And I thought the action during the fights were entertaining as well. So I could see how if you're an action movie lover, you might be wanting. But if you're just a regular person, I thought I had a great amount of action. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think action wise, I thought all the scenes were well done. The the comedy that was in it, I love Taika's comedy. So mm-hmm. even though the jokes were used like five times in a row over and over again multiple times i was okay with it just because i think he's hilarious um so i didn't mind that so much i thought there was a good amount of the two things i heard rumors that in terms of the runtime of the movie and why it felt rushed was maybe because the marvel said like this has to be about two hours or under um I also heard that Taika said that I just don't like long movies, so I'm going to make this two hours. I don't know which one's true, which one's not. To my understanding, and don't quote me on this, but to my understanding was like the original cut of the movie, which is never the cut that should be released, but the original (laughs) cut of the movie, right? Like all the scenes in place and everything was about four hours long. Four hours. And then, um, of course, you know, through the studio, it gets cut down to two hours. But, like, Taika himself was also like, no, that's the cut of the movie. That's the good cut. Like, yeah. right. director's cuts you generally suck. There's a reason that things get cut because there's pacing and, you know, there's all of this. Before we, we delve too deep into that, I guess for the people who haven't seen it, the general plot line for this without giving too much away is basically picking up after Endgame, right? So we know that Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy have gone off. And this is about Thor's kind of arc after all the darkness that he's been through with the loss of everyone, with the loss of Loki, the kind of unresolved relationship with Jane, which Mm -hmm. kind of finally gets addressed here. Not even kind of, is explicitly finally addressed here. That's actually kind of the main focus of the movie. For people who know the comics, you might have a better understanding of Jane and the journey that she is going through. But basically, there is a reason that she comes back into contact with him and they end up on an adventure together that through which their relationship develops. Mm-hmm. The main threat of the movie, and I don't think that this is a, a huge spoiler either. Just I mean, yeah, because I villain. haven't seen the trailer, but I'd, I'd imagine that yes. the enemy is introduced in the trailer. So, oh, the villain? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Christian okay. Bale's so, in the trailer. Okay, <laughs> it's, cool. it's Gore the, the God Butcher, who is played by uh, Christian Bale. Best part of the movie, by the way. Yes. Be- awesome opening scene, like, before the Marvel credits, which... Yeah. I, do they usually do cold opens? No, right? They've done it occasionally, but it's rare. It felt very out of place. I was like, yeah. oh my god, we're starting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, really, really awesome cold open that kind of sets up what he's doing he is also one of the main complaints about the movie, not his performance, but the fact that they didn't let him on screen enough. Yeah. And it's why I think maybe it was a little mm. bit too much movie for one film. Oh, um, I did not realize that was one of the complaints. Well, people wanted more of him. They thought he was so great, and they yeah. cut out a lot of, like, really good scenes that he had. Yeah. Oh. He's he's a really cool character. They open with this really great scene. So, like, you understand his motivation. You don't, like... 
you don't need more, right? Like, you don't need to yeah. see inside his head anymore. Yeah. You understand. But that doesn't mean it wouldn't benefit the film to see more of him. And on top of that, the main thing I keep seeing, at least on Reddit, which is where I will occasionally kind of peruse fan comments, which is maybe the worst option, but whatever, <laughs> uh, is that, yeah, he's Gore the God Butcher, and you, we we literally only see one god being butchered, and that's, that's it. Fair. Like, everything else is either, like, happens off screen or, like, just doesn't That's get fair. I, okay, I understand that. I do, I thought he was super cool. I was, like, literally, I'm pretty sure I whispered to Giancarlo, I was, like, Oath of Revenge Paladin. Yeah. Like, he is, like, textbook, one of the coolest paladin designs in my D&D nerd brain that I'm, like, Oath of Revenge, like, and it makes sense. You see it happen. You see the oath being taken. So that was super cool for me. But I understand wanting to see more of him. He was fantastic. I would have loved to see him butcher a few gods Mm -hmm. before we get to, like, the main conflict. But on a more, like, from a... um, aspiring screenwriter perspective, I guess, we have discussed in my classes and with other writers, like, the success of not seeing certain things. And I know that in this case, it probably would have been so cool to see them. But in the case of, like, some horror movies, for example, or other things, when you know something happens, but you don't necessarily see it, it, like, allows your imagination to just go wild. And your imagination knows no bounds. So that could be super successful. But one thing I was lacking is I wish we would have known what gods were being butchered. Like, if we weren't seeing him butchering more gods, I wish they were getting, like, news reports of, like, oh, shit, this guy's gone. This guy's gone. Like, a little more so that we could imagine that sequence. Yeah, yeah the thing to me is Marvel has consistently done this in the past few films and it's my biggest complaint with them is they seem to pull a lot of punches in a lot of different areas in terms of the stakes of how in danger certain characters are and in terms of how far they're willing to go with some villain moments because you could tell from just a couple scenes Christian Bale was in that this was like a very dark character that could turn out to be super super cool and super well done in terms of his powers and what he does to to people and gods and Mm -hmm. I, I just wanted more of that to show how far he can go and how dark it could get to to up those stakes and in addition to that making us feel like the characters themselves are in more danger than they really are because throughout this film too i never thought for a moment that there would be any any suffering in that regard in terms of oh a character is gonna fucking eat it to this guy i I just didn't feel that way I, I agree with you on that front, and I actually, while I understand what you're saying, I totally disagree with you, Hannah, in terms of the the principle of not showing it applying to I this. Understand. I think it works for, like, mon- like when it's something that you don't understand, like when it's then I un- think it works. Like, yeah. Because I, I know what you're saying, and I agree with that in a lot of circumstances, but for this movie, I think it was one of the big failures, because he I goes understand. from zero... To 100, literally in the cold open. Yeah. And then he's 100 the rest of the movie, but we don't see that 100. Right. And so what ends up happening is I understand. I'm like, yes, he is scary. Yeah. I, as a viewer, was never scared of him. Right. 
And they do kind of employ the whole, like, trying to let your imagination run wild without yeah. spoiling it. There is a massive thing that you just see, like, obliterated at one point. Mm-hmm. But, like, I did, I almost didn't really react to it because it was yeah. just, like, after the fact, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And and I, I completely understand. And also, just to kind of amend my previous statement, that was my feeling, like, not that it was done well, but, like, oh, maybe sure. that's what they were going for. And I know that some writers try to implement that technique, but I definitely think that the stakes were like talked about highly like they were talking about how much danger yeah. they were in but i agree with palazzo that i knew right away none of the like principal characters in the film were ever really in any sort of danger right. like there was no way they were getting killed off now they did work in a few moments that took me by surprise oh, yeah. in terms of some characters in danger oh yeah but it was like you had to see it happen to be like, oh my god, that's actually happening. As opposed to, like, entering a, c- a scenario and being like, oh, they're in danger. Yeah. It was kind of like post... It, it was more shock than uh, yeah. anticipatory fear. But those moments, too, kind of felt like the... Did you guys see Rise of Skywalker? Yes. Yes. It felt like the Chewbacca moment in there, where it's like the immediate shock of it, but also then the immediate, oh, wait, everything's fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. they don't really... They don't linger in that. They always go 50%, but not all the way. And that could be very frustrating when it happens over and over again. I, I, I totally understand. Agree. But yeah. in the in the instance of this character that I won't name, I am very glad that it was immediately like, oh, actually. Oh, for sure. They're fine. Right. Because um, it was very like, oh. <gasps> no. Like, I actually would have been very sad. And I think we got some comedic you know, aspects because it didn't... I'm trying to be as non-spoilery as possible here because... I don't know. Lightyear had the balls to do it. Lightyear had the balls (laughs) to do it. Yeah. Okay, just a a quick aside. I could not believe that Zerg just fucking took out his own socks. I was like, are you kidding me? That's horrible. It was horrifying. I literally was gripped in fear. Anyway. For those that want to know, I think Lightyear's kind of mid, but socks saved the show there. I could understand this, and we should have another Should I Buy It, though, for that film. For light, we should. <laughs> but anyway, back to, I was I was talking about the, the threat. Yeah, I, I can see how it was kind of frustrating where as soon as a principal character was actually in danger, then they were immediately like, fine. I can see how that could be super frustrating. It just makes me think of Game of Thrones in the beginning, Game of Thrones, where it's like, whoa, like this show actually has the balls to kill off principal characters with like no characters are safe. And so throughout my entire time watching that, I am afraid for each and every character because there is no plot armor for them. They could literally just Mm -hmm. be dead. And so sometimes because of that, I do wish that Marvel had a little bit more of the balls in that respect. Although, you know, after Infinity War and Endgame, they they got a lot better with it. They can, I was going to say, but we wait for like a big event like an Infinity War or an Endgame until we get that. Spider-Man No Way Home did it very well. Yes. But again, major character, major movie. That was huge. We got to wait for those to get something like that. Yeah, and so I almost wish that they would have the the balls to have heroes die in not so like groundbreaking circumstances because I think yeah. 
I think you totally just like hit it in my brain accidentally, Nick. <laughs> but with what you just said, I'm like, this does not feel like a major movie. It doesn't. It's and true. why not? They should all feel like major movies, you know? Like Yeah. Especially like if it's a solo movie. I like I, I totally understand, you know, building to the big team movies, but like if this is Thor's movie, yeah. it should feel like it's his movie. Yeah, you know, and not it like did feel content. that I, I felt like it kind of could be seen as closing the book a little bit on his character, at least for a little while. I don't feel that way. It could, but we know, I mean, Thor's going to come back. Obviously, but I mean, it, it felt like if there was no more Thor, it's like, and they lived happily ever after. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't feel that way. Okay. I, I, I don't want to talk about it much. Without, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But it, to me, it feels <laughs> the opposite. It feels like they're clearly setting up further. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, but it seems like they're setting up for more Thor wacky adventures yeah. instead of this is going to be important. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Which he has, you know, I just, I don't want to be one of these people, but like, the, you know, there are a lot of people who are angry that it's, he's become the comic relief Avenger or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's still fun. Like it was a fun he's movie. Funny. I definitely think they need to reintroduce like stakes. And I think they've set up a couple of things in this film that might help do that in the future. Yeah. Um, after a couple of the events in this one. You mentioned earlier that it should feel like this is his movie, right? Yeah. That was actually one of the things that disappointed me, that it was just his movie. And this is not a spoiler because this was made very clear in early trailers. And if you've seen Endgame, you know this about the movie. But it opens with the Guardians of the Galaxy yes. and Thor. Yes. I yeah. wanted to see a movie where it was all of them doing things together. I knew that's Me not what too. we were getting. But how fun is that? We know what Thor is like from all his movies. We know what the Guardians are like from their movies. Let's see a movie where these two franchises that we're used to, kind of like what they do in Endgame yeah, and Infinity yeah. War, let's see them interact with each other. What do these two characters talk like specifically? And we got a taste of that, but we didn't get a whole adventure with them and it, it opens more opportunities for like you know creative collaborations like what if taika said hey james gunn come on in and help me direct a couple of these scenes yeah, with your characters I right and uh, i wasn't fulfilled in that that sort of way you i know? actually totally agree because after endgame i assumed that you know before like another thor solo movie we would get another guardians of the galaxy movie that featuring had thor. thor yes i thought the right. same thing and the, maybe the biggest disappointment of this movie to me was that it just closed the door on that entirely yeah it closed the door on that entirely yeah. and, and it felt like a big opportunity so yeah, yeah it i agree and also not this i don't think this is spoilery but i was disappointed in the dynamic between the Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor at the beginning of this movie. Because I understand that it created more comedic opportunities. It's the trope of like, oh, you know, Thor kind of like squeezed himself in there and he's kind of annoying. But I was kind of hoping that after they had been on adventures that there would be more camaraderie between them. And not just such an easy closing of the door. Well, but Thor thought there was, yeah. is the That's thing. That's true. <laughs> Which is the funny part of it. That's true. He thought they were besties. Yeah, I guess it just made me a little sad where I was like, "That's that kind of sucks. But you know, this movie could have been the opportunity to do that. We just yeah. didn't yeah. 
get that movie, unfortunately. I thought it was I mean, going to be... I totally thought that's what it was going to be. Yeah, as Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. Like, a perfect title right there. Yeah. But they, they didn't go down that route, which is unfortunate. But they've done it in other movies, too. Like, Spider-Man No Way Home is a Spider-Man movie, but there's a lot of Doctor Strange in there, yeah. too. Yeah. So it's not like they haven't done it. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming had a lot of Iron Man. So you could do this this dual movie with multiple uh heroes from other other franchises but they just said nope this is thor show it seems Goodbye. to me like for whatever reason they were anxious to cram in the storyline with jane and the story of of gore yeah and so they were like yeah. cool that's the next movie when really they probably should have delayed that until the following movie right they and i think that might have solved yeah. some of the problems with this one with maybe like Maybe we meet Gore in a different state in this film, and it begins to build. Maybe, you know, obviously not like the 20 film buildup that Thanos got, but I think Marvel, knowing that people come and watch all of the movies, and mm-hmm. we know they're all interconnected, and knowing that people sit through the credits to see, you know, Blorko come in for two seconds and say <laughs> hi, like. They have opportunities to build some of these villains because Gort like should be a bigger. I think deal. he could have been a multi-movie villain. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. And why wouldn't the Guardians want to be involved with that? Because he's a galactic threat too. So I feel yeah. like they could have been interwoven easily. But I agree. I agree. Like this, this totally could have been like Jane's arc that happened in this film. With a totally different threat, mm-hmm. introduce Gore to then get dealt with with Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy together in a future film. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, but, I absolutely agree. Yeah, we're we're being we're being so negative. I thought it was fun. It was <laughs> fun. I don't think we're being negative. I think these are just constructive criticism yeah. comments coming from fans that liked the movie. Also, I think it's worth noting that Thor Ragnarok was so good. It was so fun. That's good. top five so for me. Top like, five Marvel movies. Oh yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. That it was a it was a high bar to clear. Yeah. And I think it had a little bit of Spider-Man three syndrome. Not exactly, but a little bit in that it was just trying to cram too much into two little yeah. time but on the bright side how'd you guys feel about the vfx uh i thought they all looked pretty good uh, I thought. Uh, there was a couple scenes where cgi looked kind of spotty that's not a this movie's problem i think that's just a marvel problem marvel yeah mm-hmm. just I can see that. what was the movie we just saw that was like not dr strange that looked fine was it shang chi that had weird shang chi had some wonky ones uh, but they've been just doing that more and more lately and again not to bring up the twitter drama tv shows too but apparently some people are unhappy in the visual effects department of marvel in terms of being overworked and being rushed for for delivering a good product and that that's why they don't because they are rushed and are told to cram and and it's one of the worst places to work i've heard like the same way that like Working for like Naughty Dog was it Naughty Dog that was like notoriously awful I think, around delivery? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. Think so. Or CD Projekt Red maybe was the was the other one um, for Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But b- basically, working for them, it, same experience I've heard working for Marvel, and that's a shame. <laughs> Especially with just the amount of projects they're doing every year, it's like 
Uh, it, it it worries me for the future quality. You know, it's annoying though. It's like you have the most money. You should have no reason to treat people like that. Well, it's yeah. just it's time, bro. Like I know it, it's they they want to keep getting. They want to keep like pumping movies out, and it's like I mean I'm not complaining. I love to consume that content, but I am totally fine waiting a little bit longer so that your employees are happy right. and that everything yeah. looks good. And that's the other issue with Marvel now too. I think they are pumping way too much in such a short period of time you got different like teams working on the different tv shows and movies and stuff but it used to be we'd get like one or two marvel movies a year and we'd be blown away now it's like one every couple of months like four in a year and the tv shows and that might be why people are so fatigued by movies like this where we would have thought like oh yeah that was great that was fun that was awesome but there's so much negativity towards it because we've seen this already just a couple months ago like i'm not getting anything new or refreshing yeah sure three projects a year marvel Three projects a year. Give me one TV show and two movies, or two yeah. TV shows and one movie. Then you can give your TV shows a few extra episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can put a little extra care into the movies. Fucking, you don't have to crack the whip at these VFX farms. But I thought, and granted, you know, I've I've seen it once, like I said, but mm-hmm. um, I thought it looked pretty good, at least compared, yeah. especially compared to a couple of the other projects that have come out lately. I think the bright color palette of this movie you know kind of like the same way that ragnarok had a lot of vibrant colors kind of helps helps you live with a lot of the the i guess cheesier looking effects i agree versus the standard like marvel gray wash where everything needs to look realistic because otherwise it looks weird as hell i do like that trend of the colorful costumes are coming back and the original like comic book costumes i will say though they gave us a really cool colorful costume but right after they gave us the most like metal like norse god viking costume for five seconds and then it was gone yeah Yeah. and i was like come on man (laughs) let me see that a little more but um yeah oh god not not to like change topics but in miss marvel especially the last few episodes when you see when when they recreate her entire body in CGI, man, it looks rough. The other stuff looks okay. Yeah. But when it's a person, I was like, oof, oof, that looks Yeah. That looks black black pants. <laughs> I was gonna say that the the thing I liked about this movie, it kind of left the door wide open to a lot of possibilities in the future. Yeah. Um Again, not to spoil, but Russell Crowe is a character in the movie. I won't say who. Um, That sort of, what what his character has to do with the movie opens the door for many possibilities, which I think is awesome. And I'm very excited for that. Yeah, that's really cool. And they introduce a cool character in the the post-credits who, admittedly, I know nothing about this character in the comics. But he's played by an actor I really like from Ted Lasso. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm curious to see what they do with him. That was a perfect they choice. They don't abandon him like they did with the Scorpion. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess overall, do, do we feel like it's kind of time to start heading into a vote territory? Or yeah. are there other stuff you yeah. want to talk about? Um, oh, I will say the music was awesome, yeah. as per usual. Yeah. That's why for, for a good portion in the beginning... 
it felt like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, you know, where like the music is like rocks and the color palette is gorgeous and everything like that. So it did leave me kind of wanting for more Guardians of the Galaxy involvement, but I thought the music was awesome. So that's another plus. I thought it was funny that Taika Waititi cast everyone's kids in the movie, like Thor's kid was in it, Christian Bale's kid was in it. I think Natalie Portman's daughter. It was really cute to see the behind the scenes pictures. Yeah, it was funny. It was cute. All right, well, in the case of Thor Love and Thunder, how do we vote? For me, I think it's a simple one. I I think you should buy it, though. Mm -hmm. I think you you should go watch it. I I think it's fun. Don't expect... Like sit like not everything needs to be Endgame. a life changing film. It you can just have fun at the movie. Yeah, yeah. be like, hey, not, that was a silly action sequence. It's a fun movie. Not if everything you, needs to be Endgame. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you hate superhero films or if you're a weirdo who hated Thor Ragnarok, then don't go watch it because you're just gonna come out and complain, and someone's gonna have to listen to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you like having fun, if you like jokes, yeah, you know what? I can understand there is a chance you might be disappointed because of some of the themes the the film deals with and kind of like everything we've talked about. But overall, I think it's a fun film. If you're going to scrape together every last penny and this is going to be like your cinema outing for the year, maybe this isn't the one to do it on, you know? But hey, if you've got like movie pass or there's a $5 movie theater near you or hell, even a regular price ticket. I don't know what that is with inflation currently. Uh, <laughs> but as long as it's not going to put a dent in your financials, like it's a fun movie. I think it's worth going to watch yeah. or at least watch it at home at some point if you like these films. If not, that's fine. You don't got to like everything. Stop. There's no point in being angry on the internet. No one, it doesn't do anything for anyone. Guys, it's okay. You don't need to like everything. Well, if you're going to pay for one movie ticket, one movie outing right now, Top Gun Maverick is definitely the movie to go see. Like, that one was awesome. I haven't seen it yet. I think I need to rewatch the first Top Gun movie before I see it again. And that's me who didn't love the first Top Gun like everyone else did, but this one, like, knocked my socks off. It was amazing. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. I haven't seen either of them, so... Oh, you got it. You got it. At least the second one, but... um, That being said, Thor Love and Thunder is a good movie. It is a fun movie. Mm -hmm. Like they just said, don't go into it expecting an endgame, because post-endgame, not everything is going to be that, unfortunately. You're going to have to wait a while again to see, you know, big events like that. So... Just have that expectation in mind when you watch the movie and go go for the ride. You know, not everything has to be uber critical. I'm an Oscar voter kind of a way to look at these movies. So, like, just just enjoy it for what it is. And it's just a fun, goofy time. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I will give it a you should watch it, though. For those like wanting to compare it to something, I think I said it earlier, but it's on the Ant-Man level of, like, cute and fun and in and, and a mm-hmm. good time so yeah yeah for thor love and thunder i think you should buy it though and i think that if you are notoriously one of those people who takes to the internet in anger following the viewing of a movie um to quote one of my favorite memes drink a seven up eat a moon pie quit murdering people <laughs> Like, just drink drink your Coke and eat your popcorn and enjoy the music and the funny jokes and the pretty 
you know, graphics and everything, and you'll have a good time. But like has been said, if you are going to go into this expecting groundbreaking end game level viewing pleasure, then this probably isn't for you. But if you have no expectations and you just want to have fun at the movies and you love Thor, I think you will enjoy yourself. So in a general sense, yes, you should buy it though. So by unanimous vote, in the case of Thor Love and Thunder, you should buy it though. Yeah. It sounds like we're doing a lot of like defensive voting here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, guys, I swear it's good. I swear. It is good. I like it, but I'm the only reason I have prefaced is because I've already seen the negative comments of people on the internet. Yeah. So Listen, your life gets so much better when you stop engaging with things on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I don't care what anyone else has to say about the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a fun time. We 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 had fun. I'm I'm glad. It's so nice to get to chat here together again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a little. It's been a hot second, Nick. So, uh, I know. thank thank you guys for joining us here today. For sure. Um, and thank you at home for listening. It's always a pleasure to have you here. If you're enjoying what we do here, uh, we have recently been chatting continually about the many ways in which we can bring you some more Should I Buy It Though more frequently, and we have uh, some things planned, and I think it's safe to say that you can expect it with a little more regularity. So uh, make sure you are subscribed on the app of your choice. If you want to leave us a review, that would be really helpful. Uh, We also have a Patreon patreon.com slash should i buy it though if you go there you can get access to fun stuff like 24-hour impressions when we do video games uh, and lots of stuff like that and of course in the future as we continue to plan new things we will be adding more perks there as well and uh, if you like us if you like the way we chat and agree and disagree from time to time then perhaps you would like to hear us agree and disagree in character mm-hmm. in our other podcast dungeons and drimbus where uh, we play D&D, sound designed like an audio drama, but improvised with all the chaos that uh, us buffoons can, can give you. Our present season is Your Honor, in which fantasy attorneys attempt to defend the creatures you would normally be slain in a D&D campaign. I think you would like it. It's a good time. If you want to know just how wacky we are, we've done three seasons of Dungeons and Drimbus, and in those three seasons, I've played a cowboy, a lawyer, and a crocodile. So, <laughs> uh, and in the bonus content, you play a size-changing half-elf who is allergic to snow. <laughs> are you talking about me? Okay, we're okay, ending this right. podcast. Uh, okay, we're <laughs> get back in the fanny pack, okay? Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening uh we hope you're having a wonderful time uh let us know what you think about thor look i i don't engage with people on the internet but if you're a listener of the, of the show you're a friend so it's different so let us know what you thought about thor and we'll talk at you real soon goodbye goodbye goodbye